Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. As Christians, we've been charged with going forth and sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, to everyone, not just those that we're comfortable with, but to all men and women, uh, we must share the gospel, uh, for the Lord has charged us to go forth. And it's our duty, especially during times like these, uh, that we do th- the best we can to prepare ourselves. As First Peter uh, properly suggests and explains to us that we must be ready to give each man and woman an answer, a reason for the hope that lies within us, and then we must do it with gentleness and respect. And part of that studying is not just uh, studying the teachings of Christianity, which we must do uh, foremost, but in addition, uh, it behooves us to also learn some things about the people that we work with, uh, sometimes even our family members uh, have a different worldview. Uh, sometimes even those in the community that we run into at the grocery store or even the mailman or the delivery person, people have di- uh, different worldviews. And it's important that we as Christians learn as much as we can, that we may be effective in our witness. This in no way minimizes the power of the Holy Spirit, or diminish us acquiescing uh, our will that he may direct us in all truth and righteousness. But it's important that we we study God's word and that we also um, learn things about what humans have picked up in terms of religiosity so we can better equip ourselves. And Paul, through the New Testament, demonstrates that uh, more so than anyone else. If you read Acts 17, uh, he's uh, dialoguing with the philosophers. And it's just not special revelation, but Paul is able to engage them in uh, general revelation. So we have uh, a a treat this afternoon. We have a guest uh, who's written a book, and the title of the book is called God Among Sages. And the subtitle is Why Jesus is Not Just Another Religious Leader. So we want to welcome our own brother, Kenneth Samples. Brother Samples, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me on your fine program. I really appreciate it. Well, we thank you for coming on. And for those that are listening, uh, Brother Samples is a theologian and philosopher. Um, and he has a great passion to help people understand uh, the reasonableness and relevance of Christianity's truth. So, In terms of your book, please tell us the impetus behind you writing this book. You know, I first started thinking about a book like this about 25 years ago. I was, uh, at the time, teaching philosophy and religion at a public college, and uh, I would teach world religion courses, logic, philosophy, but students would inevitably discover that I was a Christian professor, and in the world (laughs) religion classes, I would have Hindu students, Buddhists, um, uh, Muslims and uh, Christians, 
And inevitably, they would ask me questions. I remember after the final exam, I had a whole group of them, you know, asking me, well, how does Jesus differ from the Buddha or from Krishna Mm. or Muhammad? And I thought, boy, I wish I had a book I could give them. And so that was really kind of the Mm. beginning. And we live, as you know, we live in such a pluralistic time. We live in a time where people frequently think all religions are true. So that was really the impetus to want to write this book. And please explain to us when uh, people hear the title God Among Sages, uh, that's not a term in terms of the word sages that people throw around each day. So please explain it to our listeners. Yeah, in the book, I I compare Jesus with uh, Krishna, with Siddhartha Gautama, who the Buddhists call the the Buddha, uh, Confucius and Muhammad. And so the word sage is like a, a extremely wise teacher uh, religious leader. And um, so I'm using the term that, you know, Jesus, when we compare him, even with those who are considered the wisest of sages, Jesus still towers above the mm. rest. Hmm. And how is God among the sages, uh, which you've already touched on a little bit, how's, how is it distinct uh, in, in terms of other books that deal with spiritual leaders? I think it's different in this sense. Uh, I divide the book really into three parts. The first part really goes into some detail about what historic Christianity believes about Jesus, who he is, his nature. Uh, the first chapter looks at what Jesus thought of himself as both divine and human. So that first section is all about Jesus. The middle part is where I get into an eight-point comparison. I compare Jesus and again, Krishna, Buddha, Confucius, and Muhammad. The last two chapters look at the question of pluralism, uh, a relativism in terms of truth, and I and I develop what I call a twelve-point analysis of the world's religions from a purely biblical point of view. So I think the book really is different than any of the other books I have read on on this topic. And I'm glad you mentioned about the twelve-point analysis. I was uh, reading it, and I was so uh, helped by those 12 points. I think it's right on point. uh, Oh, thank you. Biblically, and for those that are listening to the show, if you would, get this book in your library. It's God Among the Sages uh, by Kenneth Samples, and that whole um, portion of a biblical worldview is important. And even if you're just uh, a person who is not a leader at your church, this book will help you in terms of developing a Christian worldview. Now, back to the book. Who Who is this book written for? Well, I, I primarily wrote it for the Christian. Um, what I do in the four chapters where I compare Jesus with these religious leaders, the latter part of the chapter, I try to give them what I would call like a tool chest, some tools, so that Christians can feel comfortable to be able to sit down. Maybe, you know, today we live at a time where our next-door neighbor may come from the Middle East. They may come from Southeast Asia. I try to provide some solid tools so that you could sit down with a Hindu or a Buddhist or a Confucianist or, or a Muslim and talk intelligently and thoughtfully about Jesus. So it's primarily written for the Christian to to help equip them and educate them. But I think this is a book you probably could also give a non-Christian 
people is interested in the different religious leaders of the world. Excellent. And you mentioned it earlier, but if you could reiterate some of the spiritual uh, sages that you compare Christ to in the book. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I had to kind of go through in my mind which religious leaders would I include. And I finally decided that I would select four of them. And I think the four are probably the most influential non-Christian world religious leaders. Uh, Krishna, of course, is the most popular uh, religious figure within the entire religion of Hinduism. Uh, Buddha, of course, represents the Buddhist religion, which I consider a, a very uh, a, a challenge for Christians mm-hmm. because they deal so much with suffering. Confucius has had an incredible influence, not just in China, but among all the Asian people. And then finally, of course, I had to deal with Muhammad because Islam is such a large and influential religion today. Right. And as you're talking, it just occurred to me that um, sometimes we presuppose that um, Christians, especially, that all of us, uh, many of us are on the same page as it relates to, uh, you, you say pluralism, or even in some senses, disguised polytheism, but there are some Christians who really uh, don't see a difference between uh, worshiping Christ and worshiping these other sages, and you touched on it in your book. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I think that uh, I think it's important to realize that uh, there have been Christian traditions that have uh, leaned in kind of pluralistic or, or certainly inclusivistic direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, um, during the Second Vatican Council, uh, the Catholic philosopher Karl Rahner developed what he called a Christian inclusivism, where he said that Christianity is the true religion, but people in other religions could be saved in an anonymous way without mm. directly hearing the gospel. And that's a troubling idea. And right. so it, it is very important for Christians to realize that even if you're a Christian, you need to be able to distinguish the difference between Jesus and these other religious leaders and the uniqueness of Christ and, of course, of historic Christianity from all of these religions. Excellent point. Now, can you please tell us some more about the uh, uh, eight points of comparison? Yeah, I really wanted to try to be very fair in comparing these individuals. I mean, I don't like it when people misrepresent my faith. Right. So I feel I have a real obligation to be to be fair and careful. And so I came up with eight criteria. Mm. Uh, I look at, number one, are these historical persons? You know, for example, people, uh, Hindus don't know whether Krishna actually existed. He he could have existed, Mm. but he may have also been mythical. I look at their nature. That is, what did they think about themselves? Were they were they merely human, or did they view themselves as God? Their character, what kind of moral character did they have? Uh, their mission, what what was their what was their mission and their role? I look at their state. Are they um, are they a, a legend, or are they alive or dead? Mm. And then I looked at things like their view of life and their view of future things. So, kind of looking a bit at their worldview, uh, how each of them have 
different worldviews. And of course, when I did, you know, it's not it's not that Jesus is just different than normal people like you and me. When you compare Jesus to even the extraordinary people of the world, nobody compares well with Christ. I mean, mm. actually, the Buddha and Confucius, they were very clear. They, they didn't view themselves as God. They realized that they were broken, uh, people who couldn't fulfill their, their greatest moral ideals. And even Muhammad, Muhammad was very clear that he was only a man and that he was not morally perfect. And so none of these great religious leaders, these deeply influential people, none of them compare with Christ. Christ stands above the rest. There really is no second place. I mean, he was not only the Son of God, God in human flesh, lived a perfect moral life, but uh, what I like uh, what I like about the book as a result of writing it is that Jesus is a great apologetic. I mean, if you sit down with somebody and start talking about Jesus, that is maybe the best apologetic we have to point people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, and, and that is so true. Um, if you would touch on this aspect of, uh, of, of the book for me again is ultimately— uh, books like these are not writ- written just so you can uh, prove or display how, how much information you have, but more so that when we don't have an authentic relationship with the genuine God and the Christ that he sent, uh, that we fall short. So can you touch on that for me? Yeah. Yeah, what I really hope uh, for this book and really any book that I've written about uh, Christianity and Christian apologetics, is that people will will come to know Christ uh, as our Lord and our Savior. Uh, Amen. You know, these other people are teachers, these other people are prophets, but in Christianity, Jesus is God in human flesh. He came to save us. I mean, Krishna, Buddha, Confucius, and Muhammad, they don't do anything for their people to save them in the next life, but Christ died for us. I mean, the God of Christianity is a God with wounds. Mm. Jesus has Jesus has laid down his life for us. There's nothing more important than people to hear about Jesus' life, his death on the cross, and ultimately his resurrection, because uh, all of these other religious individuals, they're either mythical or they have died. But Christ is alive, and you can know him, and you can know him personally, you can know him as your Savior and your Lord. There's nothing more important in in life than knowing the Savior uh, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. And so uh, if you could elaborate on the aspect that you talked about in this book, which is uh, the difference between uh, general revelation and special revelation. I I want our audience to uh, hear this explanation. Yeah, that's a very important point. Christianity is uniquely a religion of revelation. That is, God unveils himself. God reveals himself. And it's critical because God is infinite. We're finite. Mm. God has to show us who he is. General revelation is the idea that God has revealed himself to all people. He's done it through nature. We The heavens declare the glory of God. He's done it within us. Romans 1 says that we have a conscience and that we know we have a moral obligation before God. 
all people are made in God's image. And so generally, these religions are going to get certain things right. Most of the religions, <laughs> Judaism, uh, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, and Confucianism, all kind of have the second half of the Ten Commandments. So those are th- that's general revelation. Special revelation is where God comes and reveals himself mm. uh, in unique person, and he's done that in Jesus Christ in right. his incarnation, right. his life, death, and resurrection. And, of course, the Bible, which, sum- which is a summary of God revealing himself both in the Old and New Testament and ultimately in Christ, that is the special revelation. That doesn't come to everybody. We have to take that message to people, and that should be the content of our preaching, preaching the good news about God coming in the flesh and offering salvation to all who believe. Thank you for that. And you talked about, within the category of general revelation, how humanity uh, stumbles and, and almost accidentally gets some things right. Uh, but that's afforded through God's general revelation to all of humanity, uh, the knowledge we can gain uh, from, like you said, nature and other things that God has blessed us with. Now, with that in mind, there are some people who would argue because some of these sacred writings have uh, similarities that we all must worship the same God how do we respond to that as Christians? Yeah, that's a that's an important point. Um, I would I, I would again uh, suggest that um, because of general revelation, people are going to get basic things right about God. But because of because of the fall, and because of course that there are uh, spiritual forces that they're also going to mix it with false ideas false Christs, false Gospels, false prophets, etc., uh, I would say that uh, it is not that we all worship the same God or that all these religions are the same as Christianity. Rather, it's because we're made in the image of God and because God has revealed himself in nature and conscience that there is a commonness that all people have. Unfortunately, the, our fallenness and uh, the different uh, false teachings uh, mix that, and, and that's where we need to come in and, uh, you know, present carefully and clearly the, the Christian teaching. Thank you so much. And as I mentioned before, if you just join us, uh, this is Brother uh, Kenneth Samples. He's written a book, God Among Sages, Why Jesus is Not Just Another Religious Leader, and He's Not. And so, Brother Samples, please give us some uh, parting words in terms of the book and how we all can benefit from it. Yeah, very good. I um, I try very hard as a, as a teacher. I I think it's a, I think it's very important for teachers to take you know challenging and complex ideas, but to explain them carefully and clearly so that so that people can can understand them and utilize them in their life. I try to do that, not only in my teaching and my preaching, but in my writing. I, I think that this book, a strength of this book, is it deals with a lot of very important and challenging issues, but I try to write about them in a way that uh, a Christian who doesn't have a lot of background in theology, philosophy, apologetics, can still get a lot out of it. And so I'm hoping that this will be like a tool chest, where you could go to it and get some really 
good apologetic information, good apologetic uh, facts and evidence, and then sit down and, and share with people some of the things that uh, you've learned about not only your faith, but about the, the other faith, the other faith among the world's religions. Brother Samples, thank you so much. We've uh, been edified by this dialogue, and we will be in touch. As I stated before, uh, this book has so much information in it. We want to invite you back to touch on the individual uh, religious sex. So thank you again for joining us on Sound Reasoning. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Have a blessed day. That's Brother Ken Samples. Uh, He's written a book again, God Among Sages, Why Jesus is Not Just Another Religious Leader. And as he indicated, the word sage uh, means a wise person or a spiritual teacher. And Christ is more than that. A matter of fact, Christ created all of humanity along with the Father as part of the Godhead. So he's not just a religious leader who traversed this earth, but he is a deity. A crisis divine. He created everything else along with the Father and the Spirit. So it's important that we as believers prepare ourselves by learning about our neighbor, by learning why they do some of the things that they do. And doing so, we can meet them where they are so we can bring them to the self, uh, salvation knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's not enough just for us to uh, limit ourselves to biblical teachings that comes under special revelation, but also God has afforded us general revelation. Uh, that's, that is why um, it's important for us to uh, find out what's going on in our community so your light can make a difference. And we thank everyone for their prayers and for uh, support and sound ministries. Uh, if you desire, please uh, become a monthly sponsor. You can do so through our website or you can contact us directly uh, via the telephone. But we thank everyone for their prayers and for their support. And remember to always do for the truth what others do for a lie. And we encourage you to study your Bible and to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who need not be embarrassed but is able to rightly divide the word of truth. We are so grateful to an all-loving God who has saved us and has counted us as co-partners of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel, says Paul, uh, that we may stand boldly for what Christ has asked us to stand boldly for. And in days like these, it's so very important that every single person, every single Christian, let their light shine, do not compromise, and to share the gospel in love, regardless of people's uh, backgrounds, regardless of the experience, please do not compromise. Why? Because the remedy of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can help and alleviate sin. Not degrees, and I have nothing against degrees. I have three degrees. Uh, It's not based on who you know, And we know a lot of important people, but it has nothing to do with that. It's not based on your political affiliation. Thank goodness. Uh, Salvation is not based on either party, but it's based on the authentic word of Jesus the Christ who came down from heaven to save 
men and women. So again, we thank you for listening to Sound uh, Reasoning. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.